Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hi, this is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And then in, in this episode of Tax Talk, I wanted to talk about Biden's tax proposals for high-income taxpayers, i.e., what is President Biden and Congress possibly looking to do to increase capital gains and qualify dividends tax rates? Currently, all individuals who pay tax get a better or lower long-term capital gain and qualified dividend tax rate. President Biden, in his, in his proposals, and let me be real clear, these are just proposals. There is no tax law before Congress. Nothing has been voted on. This is just something that President Biden is looking to do. And it is to increase the tax rates for high-income earners. What he defines as a high income earner is somebody with an adjusted gross income of greater than $1 million. What they're looking to do is take the long-term capital gains or qualified dividend rate, which currently would be 20% for those individuals, and increase it to at least the highest tax rate, which is 37%. But there's also talk about increasing tax rates for high income individuals to 39.6% which is the tax rates in effect prior to the reduction from 2017. There's also discussion about making this increase in capital gains rates retroactive to April 28, 2021, when he first announced it. Um, that's probably harder to get past a retroactive rate because people have uh, made plans, done transactions, done some tax planning based on current law. And to make it retroactive without giving people the ability to either get out of the transaction uh, is very difficult and a hard sell for any um, congressman to their constituents, regardless of the side of the aisle. But let's assume it gets passed and it moves forward. The question is, what can you do if you are a high income taxpayer. Well, as we always talk about with any change in tax law, income shifting. Can you push income to other years? Can you move income to one year, let's say bonuses, dividend distributions, IRA distributions, push it all to one year, thereby lowering the income in other years? And in those lower years where you're below the $1 million of adjusted gross income, those are the years in which you take your capital gains. And then in years where your income goes over, you don't take your capital gains and you kind of play that annual income shifting. Uh, you would do more tax sensitive investing. You'd have less turnover, hold things longer. Uh, a lot of people would go back to municipal or tax-free income because capital gains rates, which were at the 15 or 20% rate, weren't that bad for high income earners. But if you're gonna double my tax rate, then maybe I'll think more about uh, tax-free income, municipal bonds, 
I will turn over my portfolio less, which in effect then reduces capital gains and reduces tax collection by the US government. So there's a double-edged sword with raising rates and raising revenue. It doesn't always end up where you think it will because of the reduced amount of turnover. Uh, if we are at that high tax rate, then you may not have a worry between short-term and long-term gain, right? If they're taxed at the same rate, who cares if it's short or long-term? Tax loss harvesting will become a lot more important. Taking losses against gains because those are at a much higher rate. Um, we typically don't like to say, let the tax tail wag the dog, but if I defer realization on gains, I may be doing something detrimental to my portfolio because of taxes. And we don't like to see that, but some people will defer gains and not realize those gains and that could have an impact on your portfolio. Qualified opportunity zones, which allow you to defer gains, become, may become even more popular than they were when they came out a few years ago. And like kind exchanges, though Congress is trying to limit those, they still may be an opportunity, as well as using an installment sale on the sale of a business or other property where you can reduce the gain recorded each year, thereby maybe keeping you under the million dollars. So still opportunity to plan. Roth accounts will become even more important in the future because that's tax-free income. And if you're drawing from a Roth versus an IRA, you may keep your income down, thereby being able to take advantage of long-term capital gains rates at 20% instead of ordinary income. So again, we're managing around this $1 million of adjusted gross income. Again, nothing is written in stone. We don't know that's the number for sure. We don't know how they're gonna calculate that number, whether it's a modified adjusted gross income or it's strictly adjusted gross income that you report on your tax return. Entity decisions become very popular um, and harder to come about, how to make that decision. Why? Um, do you become a sole proprietor? Do you become an LLC, a partnership, an S Corp, a C Corp? Um, all with benefits, but understanding that um, depending on the type of income that flows through, um, we like the, the, the S Corp or partnership today. Why? Because we have this qualified business income that gets a 20% uh, of income reduction, uh, that goes away in 2026. Uh, net investment income tax, in addition to the 39.6% tax on long-term capital gains that they're proposing, there's a 3.8% additional income tax that came about from uh, the Obamacare era. And that is on net investment income, which includes interest, dividends, capital gains. It does not include distributions from S corporations or business income. So entity uh, selection becomes important. You don't want that additional 3.8%. Uh, charity and the donation of property, uh, appreciated securities would become even more important at a higher rate. But again, there's been talk about eliminating some or all of the ability to um, donate appreciated property, whether you'd have to uh, report the capital gain prior to doing it, or you wouldn't get the appreciation uh, aspect. Um, uh, again, a lot up in the air. We don't know what Congress and the president is fully thinking. Gifting of assets, that would become even more important. You could gift assets to somebody who is in a lower tax rate. They take your basis, they sell the asset and report the gain at a lower rate. But then there's talk about eliminating some of the ability to gift assets and not pay the capital gains tax upon doing so. 
you may have to pay the capital gains tax and then gift the asset at fair market value. That would eliminate the possibility of paying a reduced rate. Um, maybe there'd be some sort of exemption, a dollar amount, um, and then you couldn't do it over that. So charity and gifting, the way the law stands now on the charitable side and the gifting side were okay. Um, but if they were to increase this uh, tax rate and then say, well, we want to make sure that they're not also getting the advantage uh, of gifting a charity, there may be something that gets passed in addition. We're not sure. We don't know. Again, all supposition and speculation of what the final law, if any, would look like. But what you can see from my discussion today is that planning will be even more crucial if you are in that high earner income stage, if you have uh, adjusted gross income of a greater than a million. And maybe you don't on a normal basis, but all of a sudden you get a bonus, you get stock options, and all of a sudden one year you're up there. So there still may be planning opportunities for people who normally aren't in that million dollar range, but just understand what is out there, what is looming, what they're talking about. And as I always tell people, it's hard to plan, if any, for something that may or may not happen. Tax law that gets proposed by the President of Congress very rarely looks exactly the same way when it passes uh, both houses of Congress. So more to come on this as we get more information, as we see things coming down the line that look clearer, we will obviously keep our clients and everyone else updated. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors and please stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.